Welcome back. This is the Daily Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods. I am here with my uh, trusty confidant, Daily Thunder beat writer, Brandon Rabar. Brandon, how are you, man? I like that. Trusted confidant. Yeah, that's that's impressive. That's better than like buddy or partner. I like that. Oh, but yeah, I'm good. Very good. And let me just start with this off the top. I'll just go ahead and read my tweet. I'll, I'll actually, I'll start reading your tweet. This is from <laughs> at Brandon Rabar. Lou Dort was a plus five and a 17 point loss. You could say Lou leaving the game was tanking one for the team. Now, you might think, you might roll your eyes at that. You might think that's a little cheesy. It is. But this is what I tweeted. This is my response to that. Brandon's dad humor goes very underappreciated on this website. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. It needs, it, it needs to be acknowledged. We're acknowledging it now. It needs to be appreciated. We're appreciating it. We're appreciating it now. It's uh, it's tier one. You have like, you you have found your niche, and you're just like throwing heaters. And I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. It's about time. Jeez, uh, I appreciate that. I like. Let's go in and like uh, post production and add like an air horn sound effect when you get done reading that tweet. Exactly. Like really put some like you know. I make it sound like awesome. It's it, that is that is what should happen through people's phones as they are <laughs> reading it because it's just flames every time. The dad humor, <laughs> yes, it is, it is corny humor, but it is awesome. Um, I, I love that this is because you told me before we started the show that we're going to start off with the, the biggest thunder news of the day. It turns out my my dad humor tweets are the biggest thunder news of the day. This is the, not what I expected. This that, is great. <laughs> That Best is the, start to a podcast ever. The biggest news of the day is that we have to start taking note of these museum level tweets. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Put them in the Louvre. Yes, exactly. So uh, Oklahoma City uh, drops a game tonight, a game that they were very competitive in uh, against the Boston Celtics. Uh, wanna, do want to start, though, with some pretty substantial news uh, from earlier today. Uh, concerning Al Horford. Uh, This is from Woj, uh, ESPN sources. As the Oklahoma City Thunder turned to younger players in the nightly rotation, five-time All-Star center Al Horford will will be no longer active for games this season. So we, uh, I guess it was right before the All-Star break, we talked about have we seen the last of Horford? And we both were kind of thinking we had. Ends up we were wrong, but only by a couple games. We won't see Al Horford for the rest of the year. Um, we'll get into his replacement here pretty soon. But um, just your initial thoughts, uh, were you surprised? And uh, I guess it kind of signals the obvious. It, it's more of the same that we've seen since the All-Star break is this team is, uh, in their words, going to explore the roster. Uh, they are right. doing that. And, uh, yeah, just your thoughts on Al Horford, uh, maybe just the news and then his response. We can get into the quote from him. Yeah, to me, this was a more exciting tweet from Woj or Shams than we got during the trade deadline as far as the Thunder are concerned. 
because this has a big impact on the Thunder's draft pick. This is huge news, quite honestly, because when SGA was out, I was like, okay, so bummer, obviously, you never want to see Shea hurt or anyone hurt for that matter, but, you know, it's going to help get, hopefully, a top five pick, but then in the back of your head, you're like, but these guys try so hard, plus they still have Al Horford. Al Horford plus a bunch of young tryhards and Mark Dagnold equals some wins that maybe doesn't get them into the top five. So this kind of alleviates that. Um, and I think it's smart. It's smart for the team for reasons already stated. It'll help them with the draft pick, uh, which is huge for the Thunder moving forward and the future of this franchise. It is very, very important to get a top pick. But it's smart for Al Horford, too. Uh, you know, he's having a great season. Well, I guess we can say past tense now. He had a great season. And he recouped a lot of his value along the league. I mean, amongst the league, people looking at it kind of like Chris Paul on a smaller scale, but he's a five-time all-star considered old and washed on a bad contract. He comes, he, he hits more three pointers than he's ever hit before. He's shooting him at a 37% clip. Um, he's scoring well, his best season in several seasons. It's showing that what happened in Philly last year was a fluke. It was an anomaly because they didn't know how to use him correctly. Al Horford can still help a playoff team win games, and it can help a contender. And, you know, will they find a trade partner? I think so. With one full year and then a partially guaranteed deal after that, I think that there will be teams with some bad contracts. It's always easier to trade in the offseason. So it helps Al Horford's, you know, career going forward, get him on a playoff team, uh, retains his value so he doesn't get hurt, and, you know, he risks it. And risk it for what? For a team that wants to lose anyways. He's going to provide leadership still in the locker room, what he always, you know, has done this season. It's He's a class guy all the way through and through, the ultimate pro. He's great on the court. He's been great off the court for the young guys. He's going to continue to be that guy. Just an all-around thumbs up to Al Horford. This is more from Woj. Horford plans to remain with with OKC teammates and train at the team's facility. After season, Horford will have two years, $53 million left on his deal, and Sam Presti has pledged to work with Horford and his agent, Jason Glushon, on finding a destination that fits better with this stage, with this stage of his career. Uh, this is a quote from Horford. Uh, quote, I know what it's like to be a young aspiring player, and at this point in the season, I understand how important playing meaningful minutes is for their careers and their development. I look forward to supporting the guys who supported me. When I arrived, I understood the direction of the team. We had a great individual plan in place for me. And I feel like as a result, as a result, I've played really good basketball for the Thunder. So um, that is about as uh, positive a quote as you can ask for from a guy that's now being asked to uh, just wear street clothes for the rest of the season. Um, so First of all, sh shout out to uh, Al Horford. Uh, shout out to Anna Horford. Why not? Um, just a, a very, uh, very high class move uh, from Horford to because we've seen even just this season, guys, you know, they're a bit disgruntled from this exact situation. So, um, uh, just good, good on Horford and good on the Thunder for for doing what needs to be done uh, for, for the sake of the pick. It's, uh, 
It's a good move. And we get to see a lot of, uh, of a guy like Moses Brown, who had a phenomenal night tonight. Um, what was that first half line, 18 and 19? I know he had 19 rebounds. I believe 17 points. I think it was 19 and 17. I know it was 19 rebounds because that's all anybody was talking about yeah. for good reason. Yeah. Um, he was. I was really, really upset, actually, that he didn't get credit for a rebound that he tipped to somebody else. I was like, come on, give him that rebound. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have got it without him because it, it would have been 20 and a half. So second uh, fastest Oklahoma City Thunder player to a double-double ever, uh, and he finished with 21 points, 23 boards. Um, he, I mean, six of them were on the offensive end, 17 defensive rebounds. He was really, really good. Uh, he's very fast. He gets up and down the floor very well. He's defending well. I think he. I think they've. You know, to get an extended look at him, uh, is only good for um, for many reasons. But number one, him, uh, his growth, his development. He's had a great year, uh, both with the Blue and with the Thunder. And now, uh, a guy that you can play big minutes and still uh, still be able to drop games like they did tonight uh, against the Celtics. So um, really, really good night for Brown, a, a good night for the Thunder. We'll get into more reasons why this night was beneficial. Uh, but uh do want to mention Dort. Uh, Dort, had a, Dort had a really good game, started off really hot. The whole team started off really high. You, you could kind of tell from the beginning, like they were the more uh, energized team, the, the team that was going to, really take it to that first quarter, which is very similar. We've seen that all year, but the Celtics were completely unprepared for what they were getting into at the beginning of the game. Um, and Dort had a big, big say in that. So uh, what did you see from Dort? And then uh, what uh, have you heard since he left the game uh, earlier tonight with uh, the injury? Dort was great to start the game. He hit a few threes. He was scoring well. He ended up with, with 10 points uh, before he left the game. And he was just controlling the game. Even though Maladone was the point guard, uh, Dort kind of was, was kind of dictating the game to begin the game. And of course, as usual, great defense, Jalen Brown started off, I think three of 10. And that was basically because of Lou Dort. So he was great to start. Anytime that he can hit a couple of threes to start the game is big. I mean, because it, it's one of those things with Dort, he's going to do everything else well. I know he is. I know he's going to defend well. I know he's going to hustle. I know energy is going to get any rebound that's close to him. That's just what he does. And most people just kind of judge his night on whether he hit threes or not. And he came out shooting and hitting. So, absolute Dort. And he was a plus five in his minutes. And, you know, I'm not saying that the Thunder lost because Lou Dort went out of the game. You know, the fourth quarter was its own thing. The Thunder still had – a lead after three quarters. They led mm -hmm. after every single quarter uh, besides the fourth quarter. And Dort was great. I had not much more to say about him as far as his uh, injury. It's just concussion-like symptoms. So we'll see if that means he actually has a concussion. He'll go through, you know, uh, the usual protocol. Uh, I would expect the Thunder, since he's the last remaining starter on the team, uh, for him to, to miss a game or two. Um, 
obviously if it's a concussion, he'll definitely miss games. And if it's not a concussion, hey, you still got a little boo-boo on your head, Lou. Let's just stay <laughs> out a couple games just to be sure. Sometimes those machines aren't always accurate. <laughs> it will be very interesting if they if they go without Shea and Dort here for I mean, obviously we're not gonna see Shea, but if they were to go without Dort as well for a handful of games. Um, now we're getting into kind of now we're getting into you know full on tank mode, which is which is exciting. Uh, the Thunder are close; they are they are inching closer to uh, a bottom five record, which is very advantageous for them. Let's get into a couple teams that helped the cause tonight. Um, the Wizards, the Wizards got a win at home tonight against the Pistons. Um, and the Wizards are a team, I believe, Brandon, they are the team directly in front of us uh, in terms of, like, getting to the bottom. Uh, I believe the Raptors are. I believe the Raptors. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Toronto and Cleveland uh, are between us and Washington. Yep, you're right. Um, right. So, yeah, Washington gets a win. They're now uh, 16 and 28. Uh, Oklahoma City sits 19 and 26. And then Cleveland, uh, Cleveland just lost by two to Sacramento. Uh, that was a very close game. Uh, Toronto, I'm telling you, Toronto is much better than their record. They, well, yep. I should say they they can they can certainly play well above their record, which they showed a couple nights ago against uh, against Denver. Just blew the doors off of Denver. Um, so we'll see if Toronto can. I mean, Toronto, as far as playoff standings are, uh, they're just one, they're just a one spot out of the uh, play in. They're a game and a half behind Chicago. Chicago's another team that's uh, down there as far as standings goes, but they're fighting. They're the team right in front of Oklahoma City. And uh, they, they're fighting to stay in that play in, and they made moves accordingly. So, I would expect Oklahoma City to not have to really worry about Chicago, Toronto. Um, but now looking ahead, Washington, every Washington win helps. Uh, every Cleveland win helps. And then uh, let's see, who else got a big win tonight for, for oh, the Pelicans. Yeah. The Pelicans. Talk about the Pelicans, uh, why that's such a big deal. Yeah, the Pelicans uh, coming into tonight were tied with the Thunder, which is ridiculous considering they have Zion Williamson, who was an all-star this year. They have Brandon Egram, who was an all-star last year. They traded for Steven Adams. They've got Lonzo Ball. They decided not to trade him away. They want to compete. They want to get a playoff spot, and they had the same record. But the Pelicans won tonight, which was big, and the uh, Thunder lost, so now there's a game between them. You know, it's really fortunate that the, the Bulls are going in. They just traded for Vucevic, and – and the Pelicans want to win. The Kings got to win over the Cavs. It's one of the few times that you wanted to root against the Kings because it would have been better if the Cavs would have won. But the right. Kings are going to keep trying to win. Anytime they win, that's a good thing, though. Really, what it comes down to, because the Raptors keeping Kyle Lowry was really big for the Thunder as well. Mm -hmm. They have him, Siakam, and Fred Van Fleet. You figure they got to win enough at least, and they're close enough, like you said, to the play playing game that they'll win more than the Thunder moving forward. The Wizards are obviously trying to win, and if you look at their upcoming schedule, they're going to win a lot of games. Russ and Beal are going to win some games. Uh, I think it really – and it seems like the top four are set. It, it, 
it feels like it'd be hard to to pass any of those top four. It really feels like five or six is going to be the spot for the Thunder. It's going to come down to the Thunder and Cavs, I believe, mm-hmm. for the five and six, and who can out-tank the other to get to the five spot. The five spot really real nice because it's five percentage points higher that you get a top four pick, and then obviously the higher you get, if you don't get drawn in the top four, then you know it's the difference between getting the six and seven pick or the seven and eight. You know, the, so the higher or lower you get the better. I think it's going to come down to the Cavs and Thunder for five and six. So another uh, interesting way to look at that is, is Orlando is probably going to be in that bottom tier, even if they had kept Vucevic through the trade deadline, even if they had kept all their guys, they weren't winning games. Um, And now Chicago, a team that could have thrown in the towel uh, now has Vucevic and has a chance to go and play for that play in game, which really helps Oklahoma City is another team they don't have to worry about trying yeah. to to pass or trying to to move down below. So uh, who look, there's another team? Let's see here. Oh yeah, the the Kings. The Kings winning really does help. We you know we want the Pelicans and the Kings to believe they have a shot, whether they do or not. We want them right. to think they have a shot at at that play in area because we we're playing Sacramento multiple times over that last week. That is a a huge swing if they're still competing um they can, they're a team to look for because if they're a game or a, a half game out of that 10 spot if it's close uh they're probably going to be handed two or three wins there in that last week yeah and there's so much one other thing i want to bring up since we're talking about this there's so much confusion about houston and half the people it seems like feel like you want Houston to lose to, to get the worst record than half of them. Like, no, we want Houston win so we can get – here's the deal with Houston. You either want them – you don't like them really being in the three spot or the two spot. You know, you want them to get as high as you can because it's better for the number five overall pick if they don't get drawn. So you either want them to be one or you want them to fall down to four or five because the percentage points uh, start lowering. And actually, if they drop even to four – then the Thunder have a better chance of getting their pick than they do. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically you don't want them in the two or three spot because one, two, and three all have the exact same percentage chance uh, to get drawn. So there's my little, you know, thing on Houston. You can choose whether, you know, you you think it's better to have a 48% chance to get the number five pick or say a 60 or 70% 70% chance to get, you know, the seven or eight pick, you know, that's kind of being debated as well. And, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the worst percentage Oklahoma city could have to keep or to get that rockets pick is fifth is 48%. Yeah. Technically 47.9% would okay. be, you know, even if they end up with the worst record in the NBA, it's basically still a coin flip with a slight advantage to Houston mm-hmm. that the Thunder get their pick. Did you see their their game last night against Minnesota? I, I just – it feels like they purposely lost it. Like, they're, I mean, I don't think players ever purposely lose, but I, I just don't understand. They had such a huge lead through three quarters, and they, they had 91 points through three quarters, and they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. They They – they didn't score the last what seven and a half minutes so of that was, game. It was a hundred and one to eighty-five with seven minutes twenty-eight seconds left. Unreal. And they 
and they lost the game 107 101. They, they, the, the Timberwolves ended the game last seven and a half minutes, 22 to nothing. That is, that is absolutely insane. Is like, that wild? It's, it's crazy. And then they, and, you know, maybe they that's come good back the, and they come back and beat Minnesota tonight by, by uh, 22. Yeah. You know, just looking at, and they didn't have Christian Wood tonight. It makes no sense. I'll tell you <laughs> what, though, Kelly Olenek, uh, I, I'm telling you, that could be a great trade for the Thunder because I'm not sure that Victor Oladipo at this point is a more positive player than <laughs> Kelly Olenek. <laughs> uh, I, I know that sounds ridiculous, and I still think it's hilarious the the return that the Rockets got for. Oladipo when they could have got, you know, Chris Levert and Jared Allen and, and they just bumbled that all the way. That said, as far as like fit and winning basketball in this season, Olenek might be a more positive player. I'm not sure. So it may hurt the Heat and help the Rockets, which could end up helping the Thunder on both ends. If that pans out, then uh, we're dealing with some powers that be that we are unaware of. Um, well, and and the Heat thought for sure they were getting Lamarcus Aldridge. Which they definitely may have been, did. They definitely which did. may have you know been a a factor in them letting go of Olenek. I mean, I don't think so. I think they still make the trade because you can get Oladipo. You do it. Uh, I get it, but I don't know, man. Uh, they, I, I don't know. The the Heat have lost what five or six in a row. Uh, you know, it's such a good safety net if if the Thunder don't get the Rockets pick what that heat pick could be, even if they make the playoffs, you know, it could be as the seven or eight seed and the Thunder still have, you know, possibly a pick in the teens, which would be just fantastic. Yep. And the heat, the, yeah, you're right. The heat have lost six in a row. The heat stink. Yeah. They really stink. Um, There was a point in the season where they started to get, they started to get it going a little bit and people started talking about their odds to come out of the East and how dangerous they, they stink. Heat stink. Uh, and the, right, now just, they're, just, right now they're 15. That pick is 15. Here, here's One my thoughts spot outside on the, the lottery. Yeah, which is phenomenal for the Thunder. Uh, that's just phenomenal. I need to look at their schedule. I know I'd looked at it at one point to see. I think with them, they just rely so much on the shooting of Robinson and Hero and Drogic and those guys. Obviously, Butler and Bam are great overall players, but they're really the only two-way players that they have. Other than that, they have either all defensive players or they have all offensive players. And as we know with past Thunder teams, that can be hard to win sometimes when, when you rely on two stars. And But the difference is Butler and Bam are nowhere near what Katie and Russ are. That's why Katie and Russ could do what they did uh, you know, and win even with one-sided players surrounding them. But I just think that that Heat team just isn't constructed in a great way. Oladipo theoretically is a two-way player, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to get a gauge on him through this year because the the Rockets went on such a massive losing streak with them, uh, with them uh, on the floor. Not they didn't play every game, but uh, it still amazes me that Minnesota has a worse record than Houston after that big of a losing streak. It's kind of impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's well, and it's unfortunate, you know, when you're talking about the Thunder trying to get top five pick because they have. Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, the number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, who's coming into his own, Malik Beasley. But D'Angelo Russell's been out for most of the season with an injury. Carl Anthony Towns missed a lot of time with COVID. 
Malik Beasley is suspended. Edwards didn't come around into form until lately. So, you know, could they start picking up some wins? Yeah, I guess, but there's such a huge difference in in record right now between the Thunder and Wolves and such little time left. I just don't see any way for that to happen. And if the Thunder don't get the Warriors' number one pick this season, then they get the Wolves' number uh, second rounder, which right now is the number one, number 31 overall pick. So really, it's probably better for the Wolves to keep losing for the Thunder. Yeah, that's very true. And I was talking about about this with uh, with Eric Horn last night. Would you rather Minnesota keep their pick and a top player, which means they get a top three pick? Would you rather Minnesota get a top three pick and a and a guy that we really want go to Minnesota, or them to lose that pick? outside the top three and it go to golden state oh go to minnesota absolutely like without question i'd rather go to minnesota uh i don't want the the wolves to get a top five dude from this draft no way even if it's four or five uh i I get i i I get i get where this is going like you know talented players just go to waste away in minnesota but it just at some point, they're going to have a lot of talent. There's just no way to mess that up. But at some point, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Russell, and a top five or a top three pick, uh, they would start winning, even in Minnesota. Uh, you know, if you go to the Warriors, then you got Curry, Clay, Wiseman, Draymond, a top five pick. Yeah, I don't want to see that. No thanks. Yeah, I'm. I'm more in that camp. Um, I'm on Tankathon and hit Sim Lottery one time and. Uh, it took once and Oklahoma city jumps to two and Houston falls to six. Weird. Nice. That, that is, that would be, Oh, if the Thunder could get, you know, a top two pick and then get five or six from Houston, that's, that's as good as it gets. Yep. And so I'll ask you this. Uh, so who, who do you think they have Oklahoma city taking it to? Oh, it's got to be Evan Mobley. And I, yeah. are you wondering because Moses Brown is looking so good? Do you take a center there? <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's Mobley all day. But it, but you're right. Who do you think they have them taking at six? Uh, maybe Moses Moody. Uh, this this has them taking Jalen Johnson, um, huh. from Duke. Yeah, which is uh, I'll be honest, kind of gross. They have Moses Moody. Moses Moody was like in that six, seven, eight range for a while. That he's down on tankathon and this take it for what it's worth but um but 12 he's down to 12 they've got really uh, yeah they've got jalen johnson six scotty barnes seven which miss me on both of those guys right now agreed um agreed cory kispert at eight james book Knight at nine keon johnson from tennessee at 10 and then there's a foreign center uh alperin Sin Singun, that is not how you say his name, but that's how it looks. Um, at 11, he's a center from overseas, he's listed at 6'9, uh, center, and then Moses Moody, Jaden Springer, um, and then the rest of the guys. But yeah, uh, kind of wild to see Moses drop. Um, speaking of Moses Moody, shout out Oral Roberts, uh, my yeah. uh, my school, uh, was so hoping. <laughs> That that three from Max at the end was falling. It really looked good, um, but there's uh, there's Moses Moody. He had a great uh, second half, and he continues to show like high high level of 
three and D play. I really like him. Yeah, no, I do too. I, uh, if, if honestly, from all the research I've done on this upcoming draft, which is a lot, and I will admit that I've done way more than I'd like to admit on the top <laughs> five guys. Yeah. But you know, as the Thunder have have over exceeded expectate over exceeded that's a that's redundant exceeded <laughs> expectations uh i've started to look at kind of the six through 12 14 guys mm-hmm. uh i like moses moody a lot honestly i like what he does i would definitely take him higher than what tinkathon has him i like Corey kispert a lot i we like both, we both like, I like kispert Keon a lot. johnson i like uh uh is it kai jones who just uh declared from texas Yep. Even though we've had bad luck with Longhorns uh, <laughs> in the past, uh, I, I still like him. Uh, there's a lot of nice guys in that 6 to 14 range, but I'm with you. Stay away from Scotty Bar- Barnes. Only guys who can shoot from here on out, unless you're Jonathan Kaminga, yeah. uh, if, if I'm the Thunder. You, you still hope to get a top five guy. Obviously, two top five guys would be the dream. But if you do end up picking – in that six to ten spot, there's there's still a lot of good players. They've got Kai Jones at uh at twenty two right now. Oh, that's um, that's ridiculous. That's he's great. he's gonna go he's gonna go higher than that. Yeah, I agree. That's great value for him at twenty two. Um, so I was thinking about it yesterday, like just like a bird's eye view of Oklahoma City, like how how unbelievable it was for them to how quickly they became so good by drafting Durant, Westbrook, and Harden um, in three straight drafts. It got me thinking like how crazy the story would be, especially in context of of Presti and his career, if uh, they make the playoffs last year with Chris Paul, move everyone, and were to somehow land the, the number one pick. Like how insane it would be for just reigniting another era of Thunder basketball uh, to to get Cade, or if they were to get like two or three, if they were to get like one of those tier one guys, how unbelievable it would be going forward. No, oh, it would be it would be ridiculous when you look at what this team has done this season. I mean, honestly, you got to wonder if. George Hill didn't get hurt and they didn't rest Al Horford and SGA didn't get hurt. Like if they were full strength all season, could they make the play in? I think they could quite honestly, which is nuts when they purposely tried to trade away everybody for a top five pick this season. Uh, that said, yeah, if you can add any of those top five guys, especially Cade and Mobley or Mobley to this current squad, if you just have SGA and one of those top five guys and then all these picks coming up and then the likes of whatever Lou Dort becomes. And it's looking really great. Moses Brown becomes Maladone Poku. What's great is they have so many young players that have shown promise. And some of these guys, you know, they are what they are and they're going to show some promise. And then, you know, they just kind of become a guy and you, you, you know, they're, I'm not going to say fizzle out, but you know, Terrence Ferguson showed promise at one point. Mm-hmm. There, there'll be guys that, you know, nothing becomes of their, you know, career as far as long-term goes. But if one or two of these guys hit and they become either solid role players or even better than that, and you got SGA and a top five pick and all these picks coming up, I mean, it's it's such a great start to a rebuild. 
it, it will accelerate the rebuild in such a big way. No doubt. And um, just just while we're talking, I'm watching how the Kings game ended. Have you seen this? I, I Harrison Barnes hit a three at the buzzer, and it was like a ridiculous. The Cavs should have won that game, which actually it bums was, me out. It was after a goaltend. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Cleveland, uh, apparently the Kings uh, went down 98-97 after uh, a goaltend on a on a bucket for the Cavs. And then I didn't that makes it even worse. They could have won off of a goaltend. Sorry, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So uh Colin Sexton uh hits a go-ahead basket, which was ruled a two, uh sorry, two ruled and reviewed for goaltending. Yeah, so they they reviewed it, they called it a goaltending, reviewed it, and it they showed that Rashawn Holmes got it uh right after it hit the glass. And so they went up 98-97. And wow. uh and then Harrison Barnes hits an unbelievable shot. Wow. Um the Kings are Kings are a game back in the lost column of the plan. Um yeah, I'm with you though. The just to to throw a, a guy like Kaminga or Green or what like Green's gonna be phenomenal. I'm I'm really pumped about all five of the of the top tier guys. And another player that I've been very intrigued with is Atlanta's John Collins. He's real good. Real good. Like he 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 reminds me of like a fully realized Darius Baisley. Like that's kind of if if Darius Baisley topped out, I think, and I could be dead wrong about this. But I, if Darius Baisley at his peak, what he's shown so far, like fully realized Darius Baisley, to me, looks a lot like John Collins. Um, a very capable three-point shooter, but does a lot more than that. Good rim protector and a great pick-and-roll uh, lob threat. Um, I don't know if you've seen much of him, but he's, he's awesome and a guy that I would love to see Oklahoma City bring in if they were to get one of these top five guys, if they were to get John Collins – at some point down the road, I think it would be obviously if you draft Mobley, things change. But if you were to get a guard, um, I think it would be phenomenal. Oh, I mean, John, I would love to have John Collins, and I'm sure Atlanta's asking price was really high. And I'm sure that their win streak right at the deadline had a lot to do with their keeping them. Why trade away a guy when they've been so hot lately? And if I'm Atlanta, I keep him. I, I think it's ridiculous that they were talking about trading him. He's he's got all star potential, absolutely, yeah. and he's young. I mean, him and Trey are a great one two combination moving forward. I, I I think the Hawks would be nuts to let him go, but we'll see if they match whatever offers you know he's given. Uh, I think that they would, but you know, if some team throws a max at him and they don't match, hey, that's fine. I think he's a he, I think he's a max type player. You know, the, the max is tough because LeBron is on a max. You know, like so it's you, you talk all the time about value of of a max or a super max, you know, when players are getting basically the same amount of money, but one is much, much better. So you can be a max guy and worth it, but then not really worth it at the same time. It's it's a weird deal. So you have to balance all that when you're deciding how to split up your money. And that's why the Thunder are gonna be patient. They're going to throw a lot of money at SGA, and he'll take it, and it's going to be awesome. But 
is it worth it to give a guy like Collins the max or, you know, do you want to save that money for somebody else who might be worth it a little bit more? And how do you want to, you know, be flexible with your salary cap moving forward? Let's say you do get a Kate Cunningham or a Jalen Green to put next to SGA. Then you got some nice rookie contracts. Then you want to go and spend money on some other star that you may be able to get. It's it's being a GM is a lot more complicated than you think, I, I imagine. No question. And so many things you got to balance. And adding a guy, adding a top five guy, I mean, I just, it gives Presty even more flexibility with all of these future assets to, to yep. whether he wants to cash them in. Uh, we, we've said from the start, like he's probably going to be more patient than most Thunder fans would like. But at some point, uh, SGA is ready to go. You know what I mean? He's, he's ready to go. And if you add a guy that's, 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 you know, just a couple years away, it's going to be very hard not to cash in some of those assets for somebody that might be a little more established and, and even much better than John Collins, uh, a player, a player that's even better than him. So um, it'll be very, very fun to watch. Um, I didn't want to shortchange the game too much. I, I was very impressed with Poku. He had a couple really awesome plays, a couple highlight plays. Um, and then I thought Maladon had a really good game. He, Led Oklahoma City in scoring with 22, uh, eight boards, four assists, two steals. I thought he was solid. He had four threes. Um, Poku went over from the three point line, but had a phenomenal uh, pump fake uh, drive and just a hammer dunk. Like he does stuff at seven two that's really really impressive. Yeah, he really does. Poku ever since the bubble, coming back from the G League, he's shown more and more. He's whether or not his his shot is dropping or not, just the comfort level he has. He had a lot of assists tonight, the the passes he makes, and he's using the pick and roll. He 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 does it so well at seven foot, and he's so yeah. lanky and all those things, but he's so much more agile and his and his ball handling. It, it, he's really, really skilled. He really is. And you know, when his shot's dropping, he looks great. Even when his shot's not dropping, though, he's doing a lot of things as the youngest player in the league, uh, you know, and only weighs like a buck 20 at seven <laughs> foot two. Just think of the potential. The potential is off the charts with Poku. It he's really already is. flashing some of it. It really is. I'm pumped to see what he looks like with, uh, you know, with an off season of, of training. Uh, off season of weightlifting and off season of just eating. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, he takes a couple trips down to Toby Keith's. I love this bar and grill. Somebody get that kid to Bricktown and uh, treat yeah. him to some ribs or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, somebody, somebody get some meat on him and it's going to be really, really fun to watch Poku in like six months. Whenever these, whenever these players come back for, for camp and for media day, like that'll be, I can already see the, the muscle watch tweets for Poku. Yeah. You know what you forget. And I'm not saying this is going to happen because I, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but remember what Giannis looked like his first season in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And then nobody looks like now. And you know how much beef somebody like Darius Baisley uh, put in, from season one to season two, when you look at those pictures, mm -hmm. these NBA players, they, they can put on some meat. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and Poku is still growing. Like he, he's not even officially done growing yet. He's so young. Like his body is still 
literally growing as we speak. He is growing. And so he's going to be able to add muscle. And any muscle that he adds is going to help his gain. He's, he's not going to end up looking like, you know, the Greek freak or anything. He's not going to be the Serbian freak. But, <laughs> but you know, if he can put on, you know, 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason and then five pounds the next season, then five pounds. I mean, Poku with some muscle can be a problem. Yeah. Another player that looks looked drastically different than his than his uh, rookie rookie season was Kevin Durant. He put on he put on a lot of muscle in the, those first three or four years. As did Stephen Adams. I mean, Adams was a big guy coming in, but Adams got huge. Yep, yep. And I mean, it's really the one thing. If Poku had thirty pounds more of muscle on him already. The Thunder wouldn't be able to get him a 17. He would have gone higher. That's, That's really the only lock. That's I a mean, good every, point. Everybody was like, oh, he can do all these things at seven foot, and it's incredible. But the dude looks like a toothpick, so I'm kind of scared to take him. So, <laughs> I mean, why not take him, though? He's still going to be younger than Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley next season. Yeah. Those guys are going to be little coming in because every college and high school player is little coming into the NBA. You put on muscle. If he would have been bigger – uh, he's a lottery pick. So the Thunder got him uh, a year early, uh, and it was a smart thing. And what a perfect spot for Oklahoma City. It was talked about at draft time, but like he, like they were in a position to just take a swing at the highest upside guy. And it looks like it's going to turn out fine, especially on the timeline that they're on. Like, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna look back and think really highly of that pick. Yeah, absolutely. I've been high on Poku from the very beginning. I just you don't see guys with that size that can do what he does very often. You know, you talk about Porzingis was called a unicorn. I mean, it's the same type of thing. And remember, uh, Presti was a year early on Porzingis. He wanted to draft him. He gave him a draft promise, mm-hmm. and then he was going to get him in like the twenties, and then Porzingis backed out and then came out a year later, and then all of a sudden he's a top-five pick. Uh, I'm not saying that Poku would have been a top-five pick this coming up season, but Poku, with some muscle and another year of, of overseas play and, and more film on him and, and all those things, how high would Poku go next season? It would be higher than what he went this season. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it, he's, a, he's an exciting guy, and thankfully his, uh, his injury wasn't anything – substantial he's able to come back in the game i think we're going to, get to see a lot of poku minutes over the remainder of the season which is uh more than enough uh to get uh thunder fans to tune in because he's uh he's a blast to watch honestly good or bad it's all entertaining it's all it's all a blast um so we will wrap it there oklahoma city's back at it on monday uh at seven o'clock uh seven o'clock local time uh, they host the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks did not play Luca or Porzingis tonight in their uh, in their loss to the Pelicans. So not only did they help us there, um, but they will would assume they'll play at least Luca on Monday night uh, against the Thunder. So um, looking forward to that. We'll see if Dort is available because we have been robbed of Luca versus Lou Dort twice now 
Um, so we'll see if we can get that matchup. Um, and we'll be back to talk about it afterwards. Brandon, thanks so much for joining. Absolutely, my man. Have a good night, Ryan. All right. Thunder fans, thanks so much. This is the Daily Thunder Podcast.